0: Now on PG Podcast Network, it's time for the Year Round Carnival with Vince Occarty and your host, Racetrack Ralphie.
1: G'day, thanks so much for checking out our Year Round Carnival podcast. Look, no real audio from, from you know a bit of clever bit of music, because Gio had a nice one lined up with roots. <sighs> Second of Hugh John's. G'day, Vince Occarty from Daily Sexuals, what do you mate?
0: Hey, good morning, Ralphie. Hugh Odds, 640 a place. Oh
1: my god, father, that was and, and Vince. You know what? I'll, I would have enjoyed it more if I could have blamed the jockey for a bad ride or something. Everything It had every chance.
0: <laughs> well, it did. It did everything it could. But no surprise, the winner, right?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it, look, it's a horse of talent. I think yep. a few didn't turn up, and uh, and she certainly did. So very keen on your thoughts there. Firstly,
0: how did the track play at Eagle Farm? Really interesting, Rafi. I felt the track. Played really tough, obviously a lot to do with the winds, even though the course was even, but you almost got a sense that, you know, the impact of the wind sort of made it like as if it had some sort of, I'm not saying it didn't it didn't have given the ground, but in terms of overalls, it probably played that length slower than what it would you know, across the board. I mean, I've marked it about half length below the standard and the daily track variant came up with a, a 0.27 better. So realistically, from from that perspective, I don't believe you the track could have been any better. And then when you look at the lanes, it was, I mean, for the rail in the sixth position, everything was sort of between sort of lane 12 and as wide as 18. So that was the strip six off the fence. And then they used another six, from there to sort of find all, all the victory and even the position, you could have led, you could have come from midfield or back, so that was surprising. I guess the biggest surprise for me was there was a couple of races like they went a lot faster than what I thought, and maybe that would have been from some wind assistance. Couldn't really sort of take any other insight other than that, but it was just a tough day to run time.
1: Well, it certainly was. And even if you, as your starting point before, even, you know, your, uh, your uh, IVR work kicks in a a raw time for a group one race that plays a pan one in 123.9. You know that that's not fast for a 1400 if you've got any, any uh, grasp of time uh, and you've actually uh, adjusted up uh, six, six lengths to, uh, to get your final figure.
0: Yeah, and and this has all got to do with exactly that, Ralphie. Just how much uh, resistance there was on the day made it it very, very challenging. And that might not have uh, suited some horses, I'd imagine. So, looking at your
1: grid with the uh, that you put out with your race speed profiles, uh, Palaserpan, where was it seventh there? So it was it was in the in the charts. Couldn't quite stamp it. We had Roots on top, and uh, and uh, on the day you ended up uh, being more keen on Foxy Frieda, who just couldn't make up enough ground. Uh, Chris Munns, the trainer, of course, champion Hall of Fame uh, rider, uh, said post race. I think he said he wrote it in work, and he just said, "Wow, this is going to something's going to have to be pretty serious to beat it." Nothing did. First win in 52, uh, 54 weeks, I think that was. And But she'd been racing consistently and gave a sight in that group one leading in.
0: Well, that's right, Rafi. We we touched on this horse in the deep dive on the Friday podcast. At that stage, I sort of had it there on that, you know, sort of top five. The reality was it was a race where, gen- generally speaking, there was always going to be the possibility of a whole bunch of horses being a chance to win. And this was a horse that when you looked at the profile, like I, I couldn't fault it. There was no way I could sit here and fault it. It was just a matter of sort of coming to grips with saying, all right, are you going to be able to sort of rebound to your sort of 1.4 range or not? And at the end of the day, a 2.1, it's, it was really when you mark the race, it was hard not to sort of end up with that figure. Cause Think much less than that would have been un, unjustified just from the performances of the horses around it. And this this horse turned up, and they they got it to peak on the right day, and it was maybe the win was the big bonus for because this horse definitely didn't over overextend, and the ride was sensational because we touched on this rider in the, on the Friday podcast, and it was it was just superb, just sat in the perfect position and made the move at the right time, uh, like. It was never going to get beaten, off, He was probably more to the point. Well,
1: yeah, exactly. Particularly when I saw it, watched the replay, and I stopped watching Roots. <laughs> that made a difference because watching Roots at the run, I thought, you're home. And then this horse just charged. Uh, the rider, of course, Kyle Wilson Taylor, that you're referring to, that was his first group one. So good on in there. Uh, now, Roots pretty much ran to, to her level, maybe a little bit below that, uh, probably on, on her very best, and maybe, uh, you know, second up. Uh, if she had been second up as opposed to deep in the prep, she might have had a bit more uh, speed in the legs. But as you say, this is a horse who needs clean ground, and, and she proved it, uh, and, that, and she, she smashed what the market expectations of her was.
0: Oh, absolutely, and that sort of confirmed that, our thoughts were sort of on the mark that this horse was going to get its opportunity and the communications from the prior week that this is the race they were coming for was all sort of ringing true in the end. And don't feel that the horse could have done much more than what it did. It was, well, you could see the lead speed was half, oh, well, let's just call it benchmark, Rolfie. So you had to be reasonably close to be uh, genuinely winning the race. Probably the horse that was outside of that was that uh, Charlotte, is it? Yeah, no, let's, let's get yeah, to, oh, yeah. well,
1: let's get the show because uh, you know it is easier to be unlucky than it is to win. And uh, what's the old Mark Landboard theory? No speed, no talent. But this is just a horse who hasn't got early speed, and sometimes she can overextend and, and and beat that racing position. But gee, it's tough in a group one when you're back there, and that's just her pattern. No, no fault of the
0: rider. No, no, that is her pattern. You're spot on, Ralphie, and. And not an easy effort to be absolutely ready second up off a decent break. And this horse really ran, ran superbly. Jeez, it was a big, big finish. Didn't sort of quite put down a better last 200 than the winner. I mean, 0.3 above for the winner and 0.4 above for the horse we're just talking about now. So, yeah, just that was a top runner. It's the sort of horse, actually, that if they're going to keep it going in the campaign, uh, she's right on the door to win again. I just wonder if they back her up in the glasshouse next
1: week. Um, so the, she was a slightly unlucky. What's the what's the actual micro split say about uh, about how much momentum she lost?
0: She lost about half a length, Ralphie, between the four and the two, going from sort of 0.3 above between the six and the four to 0.3 below and then sort of re accelerated But not enough to say that was the difference between winning and losing because even when I look at the NPS margin, it's sort of saying it's close to a length.
1: Uh, you wouldn't say uh, it was a late jockey change from from uh, where we put the pot out with uh, Luke Nolan to Damien Thornton. Luke Nolan disposed theirs, but uh, I think Damien's given that every chance. Opal Ridge, what, what are your thoughts with her? Is it just a case that she peaked at the start of the prep and it's hard to p- peak three months later?
0: Yeah, they just couldn't They just couldn't keep going with the horse. I mean, the horse has sort of gone sideways. I thought the position in running was reasonably good, maybe just one length further, further than ideal, but still... The finish wasn't um, anything to sort of write home about. Maybe a little bit, you know, between the six and the four, just maybe a half length more of a slowdown than a, than a whole bunch of other horses, but not enough, Ralphie. I mean, maybe this is where this horse has settled, somewhere but, between s- point 0.6 and one and a half above.
1: We, we don't talk politics in this show uh, as far as racing politics. We, we just talk form. But what what's interesting with the politics of racing is – $20 million now for the Everest. Gee, I reckon this horse at her best if, if they – Yes, that's yesterday. $20 million and a new $5 million uh, weight for age race uh, a mile on the Caulfield Guineas Day. <laughs> so Peter Velandis has just smashed him called the King Charles, if you've missed that. But what, yeah, why, why I bring that up is that – she Fable Ridge. If I said, "Oh, you know what? We we will avoid the twenty million, but we'll go down to Melbourne and uh, like the like the old ball, the young ball, top of the hill." They she would smash the Melbourne sprints if, if they said it to, to the spring.
0: Yeah, wow! I'm still trying to get my head around the twenty million. <laughs> twenty million
1: and a new five million dollar weight for age mile. <laughs>
0: Pete Valenti is just handing it out. (laughs) I cannot believe that. But, yeah, I I thought turnover was coming down. In Victoria, yep. Uh, Only in Victoria? Yeah, apparently so. So, (laughs) okay. Interesting.
1: So let's let's hope we get a nice uh, spring weather-wise, and, uh, wow, will there be some uh, good racing there in Sydney? I'll come from
0: everywhere, Ralphie. I'll even come from Mars to race in that one. I dare say.
1: I dare say. All right, a couple of the other races to look at here. Prince of Boom. (laughs) I scratched my head doing my work before, uh, you know, we, we did the podcast, feeds because I just, you know, try and do as much research as I can to ask you the right questions. I kept looking at this Prince of Boom thinking, well, you were too fast last time, same track and distance. Is this just going to be the same? And bingo, there it was, and really good early speed again. That's, that's his horse. best. La- sorry, 67th best last 200 of the day at the end of 1,200. That's yeah. what early speed can do for you.
0: Yeah, I mean, when you really look at the day and the energy that was used, this was like, they they really had a crack in terms of let's go. And that actually won the race for the horse, I felt. It put everybody under pressure straight away, and it meant that the first two-thirds of the race, everyone was going to be depleted of their energy. And it was going to be, as they say, last man standing last 400 metres. And look at the drop-off, going from 4.2 above over the first 400 metres, 0.3 0.3 below benchmark between the 8 and the 4, and then 9.8 below last 400. <laughs> that just shows, and everybody was out. I mean, there were a couple of horses, you know, out the back that sort of finished off better, but they were in a no chance. They were in no chance of being competitive when you're well, that far
1: back. You would have had a one by 4 at Quantico, wouldn't you? So I suppose you, you walked away with the win.
0: Well, this was always the case that this was a race where we sort of touched on it. It was hard to sort of feel that, Either of those horses were going to miss the top three, and it was just a matter of which way would you go. The difference is if you went Prince of Boom, you get the uh, the extra price. But Quantico paid $2.40 a place, which was excellent, Ralphie.
1: Yeah, I know you'll take that every day of the week. Actually, it's funny. I just mentioned about the Melbourne Spring. There's a horse of Mooney Valley on a fence on night. Uh, he'd be pretty hard to catch, wouldn't he, Prince of yeah. Boom?
0: Yeah. Oh... If they can keep this sort of profile going with the horse, I mean, there's no doubt it would be extremely hard course to catch, especially around a turn like that, the valley.
1: Yeah, yeah. So it'll be interesting where they go there if uh, if they freshen it up. Robbie Heathcote's had some great success travelling to Melbourne, uh, most famously with buffering in the past. Race six in the program, Vince. So this was the listed crown. Uh well, you thought an earlier race we'll get, which we'll get to, was going to be potential hurdle speed, and Noah and Deals won this off the off the Oaks, and well done if you found it. But dear me, did the race start?
0: Yeah, <laughs> how slow did they go? They certainly weren't looking to try and put any pressure on early. There you go. I mean, eleven and a half lengths below benchmark was the actual lead speed. The winner was travelling fourteen and a half lengths below benchmark and clearly the the softest of the day. And and the softest of the day, you know, by quite a bit, Ralphie when I look at it, oh, well, race one was also, you know, very slow, about 10.2, but the rest of them, at least they all ran above benchmark. And this could be a little bit to do with the wind change as well, Ralphie.
1: Yeah, and in that situation, you don't want to be too far back. And really, the uh, the best horses in the race, and I think it was one, two, three, four in your race speed profiles. Princess Rani, pretty amazing. Media Ward, Philosopher, second, third, fourth, and fifth, because they were all just too far back from the winner who's in the right spot.
0: Yeah, well, and the other—that's so true. But then I oh, look at the, the the final scorecard. There it is, minus three point one. Yeah, a little bit on the soft side was this, you know, probably the softest ranking. Performance of the day, and a lot of that's got to do with that early speed. Ralph. those horses aren't that bad.
1: I'm looking at the mid race squeeze there of those horses. You, I mean, yeah. if someone said to you pre race, "The last of going to produce a 19 and a half length mid race squeeze," you, you'd be getting to the, the queue.
0: Well, you'd know uh, you'd want to you'd want to lay that. Yeah, that happen. Yeah,
1: <laughs> exactly. Uh, character, he's, he's a beauty. Um, he ran well. Osmos didn't. It wasn't a pretty watch, Vince. This in the run, <laughs> it just it, it was a girl with a curl too. Yeah, not not. Uh, what was it? Uh, oh, I've mucked up my, my analogy there, Vids, but it it,
0: it, it it was in between, wasn't he? On osmos, yeah. Well, again, I look at it was a good. That was a good pace, Ralphie. When you look at it, three point three was the lead speed, and osmos was travelling point nine above. So that's a good, steady speed. Not not as fast as what it did first up, but definitely a lot quicker than the last start. Between the eight and the four hundred meters, that that's slowing. Well, the slowing's really come, Ralphie, because it was just tough to run time, yeah. and it was already out of energy. And maybe this was the reason why the horse couldn't, you know, make this the next step. I mean, I can't knock the overall because it was a new PB for the horse, point three above. So this race was actually reasonably strong, Ralphie. I, I mark this as one of the strong races of the day. Maybe these are horses that have got some good potential in the future. So. I'm just sort of sitting here saying maybe, okay, it didn't happen for you today, but perhaps in the future, you're going to be able to take more steps forward. And the context being Vincent, you've, you've touched on, but I'll put the, the numbers behind it. It's
1: lead in run 10.9 lengths below benchmark first section here, 0.9. So it's improved its early speed by 12 lengths. That has to be a challenge.
0: Yeah. And, when you sort of, like, I mean, it is from the Waterhouse stable, and you know that they, there's an expectation that they're going to be very, very fit. But that race conditioning, they probably wouldn't have wanted that race shape last start where you've gone really into a race with a 400-metre sprint. It's never, like, going to get you right to your top aerobically. And it sort of, it told, I felt that it told right at the end over that last 400 metres. I mean, the horse has lost about three lengths of overall um, speed, speed. Maybe that's the difference between, you know, finishing. I, I actually, I don't know if it would have won, Ralphie, but definitely maybe finishing second.
1: Yeah, but as you said, characters produced a good performance there. Um, in the in the staying race, Vince, so this was the headache for you with Luncie's. You didn't think there was any reason for him to lose other than you had no confidence in how much speed there'd be in a six-horse race.
0: They might walk. Did they walk? No, I, I'm just freaked <laughs> out over that plus 5.1. I mean, they've just said, let's go. Yep. And no doubt that I feel that no doubt the wind has helped them, but they just they never stopped running, and this sort of then set the race up like as if there was ten or twelve horses, and then you probably would have thought, okay, well, Luncy should be you know dollar twenty. He was just he didn't he look comfortable in the run. Yeah, it was never going to get beaten really, Ralphie, honestly. Yeah. Positioning-wise, speed-wise, 1.5 above, benchmark through that first section. Yes, the deterioration came, but the reality is it was in the winning position. This is I'm not saying this is exactly where you want it to be, but you definitely didn't want to be any further back, but the horse was rock hard fit, so they were able to do whatever they wanted with this particular horse, and it didn't turn into a race where it was going to be a sprint home, and that helped it.
1: So one thing we articulated in the second race, and this is uh, is a very tough fundamental here, Vince, is is trusted the trader. And sometimes the trainer's an unknown. He might be an emerging uh, star trainer, but he still has to be able to uh, learn how to cope with uh, with good, talented horses. And that put you right on side with El Caterina compared to Chinny Boom. And uh, Chinny Boom's obviously a fast horse, a talented horse, but uh, you just preferred to be the other way in a pretty much a two-horse race. And El Catarina. Dominated, the Chitty Boom wasn't able to uh, rebound off at Freshen.
0: No, no. And that sort of further sort of indicates the tactics couldn't have been that right. You've seen how hard it was for Prince of Boom, who went out about length faster and lost like huge momentum over the last 400 metres of around, you know, 9.8 lengths below benchmark. And he's a younger horse. There's no way. It could sustain that. Now, mind you, when I compare it like from a last sort of two and four hundred metres, probably fair effort, but they've got the tactic wrong. There's no way you want it to be going that fast, especially as a setup for this sort of race under the conditions. You really want it to be going a lot closer to benchmark and, and and the ride of the winner, superb, absolutely superb. Clark, take your hat off. I just thought you couldn't get it any better than that. And it was a rock-hard fit horse. This was the other big plus. And they just know how to win in the stable, Rolfie.
1: Absolutely. Well, I mentioned uh, with uh, with Prince of Boone, but maybe uh, Robert Rob Heathcote might put this horse in the flight to Melbourne too for the spring because that's a pretty nice
0: performance. Oh, I would for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh,
1: Let me ask you about Caulfield. So, and I'll broaden the question. The challenge of doing form, oh, sorry, post-race form, this is, for your IVR reports, which people get via Sizzlers, um, when rain hits during
0: the day. Yeah. Wow. How do you put it? I guess you've got to look at it like this. Right from the opening, I mean, you look at those 2,000 metre races and you get some insight. The track was already pretty much running to what the, the variant was. It was around two lengths below. Now, the daily track variant came in at minus 1.36, but when you combine it all together, it was like four lengths below the standard overall. And this has obviously got to do with what happened rain-wise. And where, it's you know, like I, I sit down and I think about this, Ralphie, about, one of Caulfield's biggest challenges always is, you know, approaching that 400 metre mark, you know, from inside the six to the four it's yep. always been a challenge. And you can see the big variation in that area. Like, that's that hasn't gone away, that challenge. Early in the day, around 1.77 negative. Even if you sit to the middle of the day until you get to sort of race six and seven, it's sort of drifted out to around 3.3 lengths below standard in the last two races. Six lengths below standard. Like it really chopped out pretty badly. Uh,
1: what was interesting was Jason Kerr, uh, Saturday morning. I only listened an on hour radio a week, Vince, and that was that's seven or eight. And Jason Kerr on. Uh, RSN said that uh, he, he underlined that it was old Caulfield, that, you know, the talk of renovation, I think they'd done some work from the 800 to the 1100 in the shoot, But apart from that, he said, just expect the old Caulfield to be there. And and that's exactly what your mindset was pre-race. We were asked about this last week, and and that's how Caulfield's played. It's pretty much played as expected.
0: Yeah, and it's, it's good for us to know that as well, Ralphie, because what that means is when we lead into the spring, and I, I mean, mind you, I'm so happy that Caulfield's back. It just goes to show... I feel Victoria Racing would be, Victorian Racing would be in a really bad place if we didn't have Caulfield. Oh, it's such a good track. Yeah. So
1: a, a couple of things I'll also ask you about the thousand meter races to start the day, uh, first and second. There was also a big headwind. Now the longer the race, in the way Caulfield structured with that uh, run up the up the uh, Queen's Avenue side, the longer the race, the more you into the headwind. So you're able to win fence on uh, first two races. Yes. Race three, varvia Blake Shin had a look and said, no, nah, I'm going right out the back. But have a look at that slowdown in race three. This is a real important part when you're doing your form. If you notice on the day when there's northerly compared to southerly, which is a tailwind, that impacts leaders. And Blake Shin, who put on a clinic on the day, uh, just said, yep, I'll, I'll go to the back of you all and you can hit, hit, get that
0: slowdown. Yeah, and you're, when you do that, you're still only four just over four lengths from the lead speed as well, Ralphie. So therefore, when you're at the back and the big slowdown comes, you'll get you're catching the wave and you, you, you pretty much put yourself right back in the race without having to use all the energy.
1: So on on your report, what what says clearly, and this is before the the rain really hit. So in other words, the track was just yes. soft compared to heavy. The leader loses seven and a half lengths of momentum, uh, yes. whereas varvia loses four, the least amount of momentum it lost.
0: And. That's the difference. And then you can see, look at the energy distribution over the last 400 metres. Fantastic. I mean, that's brilliant riding. Going from 5.1 lengths below benchmark between the 6 and the 4 to 0.3 above between the 4 and the 2, and then e- extending itself even further with a plus 1.3 last 200 metres. That's all pretty good. And, and, when, and this is the real interesting thing about when you look at races. This was very clear about... This horse compared to the rest of the field, even putting aside the tactic, Ralphie, it ranked top four. It was extremely difficult to break benchmark on the day. And you look at the second runner, minus 6.1, ranked 51. And that just tells you, a lot of people in the future model will say, oh, well, you've run second to V, Because I think V is going places, Ralphie, right? And the reality is it's going to make no difference because you're miles behind it.
1: When you said you think Vavi is going places, what, what what gives you that confidence, uh, you know, aside from the domination on the day, on the clock?
0: Well, a few things, Ralphie. The first one is that acceleration that you can put into a race. Now, as far as when you look at the, the micro-splits and you just say, okay, the best part was like a plus 1.3. But realistically, the acceleration for this horse started to kick in somewhere just around that 600-metre mark, and... We've also got to remember when you're putting in the big acceleration from the 600 to the 400 where there's another three length penalty just in the track condition at that point in the day, that acceleration is sort of nullified somewhat because you could have added three to that. And I know even though it's 0.9 below, that was probably a performance that was well and truly somewhere between a lot closer to a plus one is what I'm trying to probably state. And then I look at the last 1,000 metres, and it was the best of the day, showing that it's exactly frank in what I, I feel. This horse has got excellent sustained speed, and it has not been given the opportunity to be on dry ground. And there's nothing in the profile that suggests that you're a mud runner. No. Um,
1: Sydney, how did Randwick play?
0: Okay, ranwick we're, we're moving on to Ranwick Ralphie, that's that's where we're going. Okay. ranwick well... Wow, Ramwick! I don't get it. I just, no, I don't get it anymore, Ralphie. I'm just sort of sitting back and saying to myself, what's going on? When we're not supposed to be on wet ground, we've got nothing but, you know, mud. Now, I look at the performance here, and here it is. It's daily track average is 0.88, faster than standard. And after adjustments, it's coming 0.64. So you couldn't have asked for better ground conditions in the for winter. Excellent.
1: Uh, a couple of highlights there. Super Strike It's a horse. He missed 665 days racing. Uh, he, he's been a thereabouts runner. Um, clearly here third up, second prep since that injury. And we often see that, Vince, when horses miss a lot of racing. They almost take a they take a prep to, to get their their, uh, their sea legs back, if you
0: like. And uh, this horse produced a nice performance. Well, here we are, like you said, Ralph. You've got a six-year-old runner. Okay, the first section, admittedly, you probably couldn't get it any cushier, 8.7 lengths below benchmark. But what it had to demonstrate is when you look at that last 400 metres off that slower pace, six lengths faster than standard means that the horse is just, you know, like that's outstanding, really. It really is. Even given the fact that I've factored in that, you know, the 8.7 early below benchmark, you are entitled to run Know, a reasonably strong last 400 meters, but the, the mid-race squeeze was still 10.7, almost two seconds. There was a genuine slowdown where I felt this affected the horse between the six and the 400 of 2.2 lengths, Ralphie. And I actually felt that that dulled a little bit of the overall uh, performance of this horse as well. So it's, wow. Best of the day, plus 1.2. What else do you want me to say? <laughs> Hard to knock. Insurrection, I'll, I'll ask you that and we'll finish off
1: on this one. Insurrection. Now, on Sizzlers, we picked this a little little good one in a midweek uh, at uh, 31st of uh, May, Warwick Farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, disappointed the market, beaten his tight favourite, but it was more than sound return that says more to come. Minus 0.3 at the 800, still could lead. Plus 0.7 mid-race, 4.2 last 500. The breakdown was plus 4 from the 400-200, but then just 0.3 last 200 showing the late gas out. First up, last prep dominated at Kenzo with 1.3 links above benchmark, outstanding 7.4 last five 400. This suggests wasn't as wound up this time in. There's more to come going forward. And to add to that, Vince, first up, $1.90 out to two fifty. dollars So trainer's intent is such an important thing. Clearly, he was coming to play on Saturday and did.
0: Yeah, and the beauty is that it improved on its performance, like going from 0.6 below to 0.5 above, and you know, right on t- you know target to at least match what it did last campaign, a plus 1.3 on the Kenzo, and that was over 1,000. And the reality is this horse is demonstrating that it's not going to be no issues, obviously, even going right up to 1,200 metres in my view. And they've they've already got the horse going exactly the way they want, who knows? Could be the sort of horses might start putting you know, ones next to its name. Yeah, and that's certainly good enough at this time of year for sure. So we'll, we'll document all that in Sizzlers. All of Vince
1: Accardi's work this week. Now, you're back to full service for Sydney?
0: Yes, we are. Yeah, lovely. So
1: all of your race speed profiles, that's Saturday morning. The best information you can get via dailysectionals.com.au or my work via racetrackralphy.com.au. Thanks so much for listening to Year Round Carnival.